Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to hit hit up our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a patron and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little projects such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting and equipment, and travel. You can do that by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. Again, that's www.anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. So I'm going to be dumping a lot on, on, on you guys today. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in a, in a pretty uh, good sort of uh, streak and tear. So I'm going to capitalize on that said momentum. And um, so the article and the thing I'm going to address, um, perhaps I'm going to put it in the show notes later. Who knows? But it's about Pennsylvania. And it's about the uh, listening ter- tour that the governor of uh, pe- the 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 lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, has been undertaking, and it's been it's been going pretty good. It's been pretty successful. And these tours, from the things I've been reading, the things I've been seeing in social media, and the articles I've been reading, um, they've been going pretty good. They've been packed. Um, a lot of people have been very supportive of um, legalizing marijuana for adult use and recreational purposes for folks over 21 so a lot of people have been very supportive and very um in favor in in these speaking tours that have been going on so far but um but as you know and as we've talked about in previous episodes you know um a lot a lot in this country a lot in a a lot in, in many state houses throughout these 50 states and and I mean, I I can't really speak of the U.S. territories since I've never been, but I know in the U.S. states that um that in state congresses and state assemblies that that a lot of who controls what legislation gets read on the floor and 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 sees the light of day in the governor's desk, that's con- that's determined by seniority and that's determined by the seniority of the committee chairs that run committees because a lot of times when laws are proposed they get proposed to a particular committee and depending on who's on that committee that law can progress out of that committee into a full senate or assembly vote or it can just die and just or that person who sits that's that senior member who sits on that committee because they have an agenda, because they have something against the thing that they're 
that's in that committee, they can just unilaterally block it because they have the authority in their heads of that committee. And if a certain party has majority in their Senate or whatever, then that party holds, that party commands all of, all of those committee seats in a variety of different fields and a variety of different issues. So they can unilaterally block whatever the heck they want, you know, if, you know, because they have that authority and just because they feel like it and because their donors are telling them to be against weed. Big Tobacco was telling them to be against weed. Big Alcohol, you know, police unions, fraternal, or fraternal order of police, or all these other Blue Lives Matters, D-bags that, are, that have so much pull and so much sway in our society. You know, these lawmakers are gonna, only going to respond to that because money is speech in our country. And money buys power, money buys influence, as you've heard with that college scandal. But I'm not going to even address that in this podcast as we're a cannabis podcast, not a, not a world news and world events podcast. But um, yeah, so I'm going to read this article that I saw from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And um, maybe I'll give, and I guess I'll give some other commentary after the article's done. So this is, a, this is an article from the Pittsburgh uh, Post-Gazette. Uh, um, it's by Julian Routh, and it's, it's uh, called Fetterman's Marijuana Listening Tour Goes On, But Hurdles Remain for Legalization. One afternoon this l- week, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman took his recreational marijuana listening tour to a college in Meadville while simultaneously his boss took a few questions on Instagram about full legalization and the now medical drug. It's almost enough to make you think that weed for all, legal and decriminalized, is just around the corner in Pennsylvania. That stakeholders, including lawmakers, including leaders and including leaders in the Republican-controlled legislature, legislature, say recreational marijuana shouldn't be expected anytime soon. Legalization will require politicians and advocates to navigate a long road of partisan obstacles that can sometimes grind the process to a halt. Best learn from the fight for medical marijuana, which took years to become law, and only happened after there was a groundswell of public support and partisan buy-in from law legislatures. Mr. Fetterman's listening tour, a visit to all 67 of the state's counties to hear from Pennsylvanians about their concerns and feelings regarding legal pot, could be considered the first step, and indeed comes at a time when public opinion is shifting favorably. In late 2017, so that was that was two years ago, by the way, 59... I'll read that again. 59%, almost 60. Almost like like two-thirds we're approaching here. So 59% of Pennsylvania voters said they believe that marijuana should be legal in a Franklin and Marshall poll. Only 22% supported it in the same poll in 2016. And I'm going to digress for a little bit before I read the rest of the article. But this is why when people say, oh, well, Obama could have made it fully legal when he had a majority in Congress. That's BS. In 2006, Obama was inaugurated, was elected in 08, and he was inaugurated in January of, 20, uh, of 09. So that wasn't too long from that time. 
I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna literally check what the polling was in '08 or '09 for cannabis, but I, I can't imagine it. It's it was that much above what that number was in Pennsylvania in 2006. That 22 percent, maybe it was 25, 26, 30. You know, in '09, in just three years, or maybe it was maybe it was close to 40 or 35. Who knows? But you didn't have the buy-in from the population at that point. You know, you didn't have states that were passing initiatives and, and showing the country and even the world that, it, that the sky wasn't going to fall. But even if you didn't, even if, even if you didn't, you know, I just feel that society was still pretty regressive in 06, 08. And even, and even before 2012, before the first states legalized, I, I still feel a lot of people were still buying a reaper madness. And even me at the time, in from between the time that between the time before the states were legalizing, I was still, I was like, yeah, it should be legal. And if it was on my ballot in Massachusetts, I would have voted yes. But I still, I still had some baggage, and I still had some reefer madness. I mean, for pe- for Generation Z people, and for people that are younger than that, you know. People have to understand the baggage that Gen Xers, you know, I would say even some millennials have with cannabis, you know. Although millennials are pretty darn supportive of cannabis, you know, we still had boomer parents, we still had Gen X siblings, you know, we still had dare, you know. A lot of us in the millennial generation, I would say the older and middle middle set of millennials, we still we grew up with dare. You know, dare was still our reality. You know, if you're let's say born between eighty two to ninety one, ninety two, dare, dare, and just say no propaganda was part of our lives back then. It really was. You know, and you know we were just we were just like even if you just flip the TV in the nineteen nineties, you know. Like, I would say, like, like in the 90s, in the late 90s and mid-90s, you were still having these, like, things that you had in, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s called after-school specials. I mean, I don't, I don't know if these exist in 2019, but these were just shows that would, like, highlight a particular issue, whether it was, you know, not not talking to strangers or stranger danger or whether it was avoiding alcohol or avoiding um drug use because some bad apocalyptic thing could happen to you if you were to if you were to encounter those things so you would have all these sort of shows that would sort of try to impart a lesson on you and try to be like hey you know doing this isn't good and here here are the consequences of doing this or all drug use is bad full stop and it's only going to have apocalyptic effects if you were to try it now i get that those things back then and when i was growing up were trying it's like it's like that saying that the road to the road to hell leads to good intentions you know they were trying to do a good thing but in being so apocalyptic and being so exaggerated you know, j- millennials grew up, turned, grew up, became adults, and 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 learned that the dare stuff that they had been fed in the nineteen nineties was not was not true or not accurate. You know, and they just put all of that aside. A lot of our gen, a lot of my generation did. You know.
but with Xers and Boomers, they're still stuck on 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 Reaper Manners. They're still they're still stuck on the mindset that because Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan told them that marijuana was bad in the 1980s, you know, your formative years are pretty hard to shake, you know, and I've had experience of that. It's pretty hard to shake what long established patterns or thought patterns you've had your whole life. You know, I'm, I'm empathetic to that, but I digress. Let me, let me finish reading, but Bipartisan buy-in is a long way away, and Republican leaders in the House and Senate say that not only are their caucuses not discussing the issue yet, it's barely on their minds. There also isn't much evidence yet that it is on the minds of constituents. Okay, that's BS. We just read that poll from 2017 saying that 59% of people in the whole state of, of Pennsylvania want it legal. If 59% want it legal, then how can, how the heck can you say it's on the mind of constituents and it's not a priority? People want it. People want it. Just do it. Just do it. Make it happen. You know? Because of stigmas, because of reefer madness, because of you talking down to your constituents, they're afraid to t speak up and really be vocal about it. And that's why you're seeing them not make it a priority because you, because of your uh, your stigmatizing and condescending and contemptuous attitudes they're not going to come to you making their opinions known they want it legal because you're just going to stonewall them and and use culture war bs to say that it shouldn't be or statistics pulled out of the, de the department of your butt to, to say that it shouldn't be legal. That's what that's what lawmakers no, that's what constituents think you're gonna do. They already know that you're stuck in your ways and that you can't be moved on the issue. But let me finish. Quote I don't see a major push within the building. Matt Schraub, a spokesman for House Republicans, and it's not like the marijuana lobby is making its presence felt at every member's door and but they should in the way that there was a strong push for medical marijuana what advocates wanted to make sure their stories were felt, end quote. Senate Majority Leader James Corman, when asked if he sees any momentum in, the in his caucus on recreational marijuana, said that even the senator who has, quote, sensitivity to the issue, doesn't really have sensitivity to the issue if he thinks, quote, the time isn't right. But um, I digress. Mr. Fulmer, who's co-sponsored the medical cannabis legislation that was signed into law in 2016, said that although recreational marijuana isn't coming, quote, anytime soon, it will come at some point down the road. By then, he said, Pennsylvania can be a leader in research on, see, another, another political, another reefer manners political lawmaker saying we need more research. More research isn't going to stop people in the state of Pennsylvania from being thrown in jail for something that's harmless and something that's a victimless crime. It isn't going to stop people's lives from being ruined. It isn't going to stop people from being able to get loans or housing or, you know, go to college or whatever. It isn't going to stop that, you know. You not seeing it as a priority is you not caring about people going to jail for something that's victim a victimless thing. You know, it's also not it's also not going to make the crash the price of cannabis and make it affordable for people who have medical issues. As we see in medical in the many medical states that go recreational, 
when you open it up to everyone and when you have recreational competing with medical, the costs and the prices for medical patients and for people who especially need a drug for medical purposes, the, the prices crash and go down. So doing this only makes it so you're helping sick people a lot of time. You're helping a lot of sick people when you do this, whether you, whether you know it or you not or you don't. But these lawmakers are so stuck in what they've been told from the 70s and 80s from Nixon and Reagan that they don't want to look at, at existing evidence that's proving that this has medical benefit. But I digress. Let me finish. I quote, I know we've pushed the envelope very hard for medical because I believe that patients' lives were in trouble. Mr. Falmer, who was the Republican face of an otherwise Democratic led effort to legalize medical cannabis quote all all those children that i got to know they're all doing really well right now and they'd be doing better if cannabis was cheaper by the grass let's slow down the whole recreational thing let's get let's look at getting medical up and running understand this plant what is there to understand nine what is there to understand? Nine or ten states have already done this for medical purposes and the sky hasn't fallen. Stop stop posturing. Stop posturing to your base. Stop posturing. Stop doing this culture war BS where you're like, oh well, minorities and minorities and, and liberals will, will use cannabis and you know it's gonna make our population, you know, calmer, you know, chiller less authoritarian you know and less less willing to accept bs because they can question authority and question things using cannabis to tweak their consciousness that's the whole thing that it is that's the whole thing that these republicans that are against cannabis which is most of them or a good amount of them are playing it's culture war and it's posturing that's all it is that's all that's why they're against it you know it's it's a war Republicans can care about waging the war on cannabis users. They care about the war on cannabis users. I mean, I would venture to guess they don't have anything against the plant itself. They have it because the the people that use the said plant are not on their tribe, and that's why they're so vehement, vehemently against it. In my in my estimation, but let me finish. Let me let me finish. The only, re the only recreational pot legislation in either chamber was introduced by in February by Rep. Jake with Wheatley, Democrat, Hill District, whose bill would legalize marijuana for adult use and levy a tax on it that would be reinvested to affordable housing, student debt forgiveness, and after-school programs, as well as to expunge criminal records. Mr. Wheatley said... It would take a lot of outside pressure for the advocates to make legal weed a reality, but he is encouraged by the lieutenant governor's listening tour. Quote, I think that Mr. Fetterman's listening tour is only adding to the evidence we've already suggested. The time is now, Mr. Wheatley said. Mr. Wolf's evolving rhetoric on the issue is also encouraging, Mr. Wheatley said. Encouragement that has been shared by many legal pot advocates. From his campaign, from his campaign for governor in 2014, in this past December, Mr. Wolf publicly favored decriminalizing possession 
of small amounts of marijuana, but said he didn't think Pennsylvania was ready for a discussion of full legalization until stakeholders could study what other states experience until Pennsylvania could get medical marijuana right. But though it's evolved, Mr. Wolf's opinion on recreational weed hasn't yet translated into advocacy. Though he recently called for a serious look into the issue, he stressed Thursday that his feeling towards it has changed only to the extent that the states around Pennsylvania have changed, with New York, New Jersey, and Delaware all moving towards legalization. See, and that's another reason why lawmakers can't be trusted to legalize marijuana. That's why legis that's why doing it by legislature is probably the worst route you can go. Because the problem is in our in our in our society and in all these states, we don't live in a vacuum. All this dare stuff, all this dare and anti cannabis propaganda we've been fed these past 70, 80 years, you know, that's been fed on across our entire population in 70 and 80 years. So you still have a lot of politicians that buy into drugs are bad. And I got to listen to what Nancy Reagan and what tricky dick told me in the 70s and 80s you still have a lot of politicians that that's their predominant mindset and because of that you're going to have them looking at cannabis with contempt and if they're not looking at it with contempt they're seeing it as a very low priority issue that they're not going to they're not going to spend their ev their energy even really trying to push so i'm going to finish the article for now, Mr. Wolf said he would await the results of Fetterman's store. At its conclusion, the lieutenant governor will send Mr. Wolf a report to review. Quote, there is a listening tour, not a telling tour, Mr. Wolf said. Though Mr. Corman said there is nothing wrong with Mr. Fetterman soliciting feedback throughout the state, the Senate Majority Leader said the right time to talk about recreational marijuana would have been during the governor's re-election campaign so voters could have weighed in. See another dodge, another dodge, another, another bluff, another smokescreen, to 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 another smokescreen or excuses to be like, oh well, it isn't right. No, you you were against weed and you don't like weed, and for culture war reasons you want to continue the drug war, but you don't. You're too chicken shit to admit it. That's what that's what's going on by what by what you said just there. By what this Mr. Corbin guy just said, or what or what people in his party are thinking in that state. But Mr. Fetterman's election to Lieutenant Governor brought recreational marijuana advocacy into the upper echelon of state government. Though he's consistently acknowledged his views would be subordinate to the governor's, Mr. Fetterman said in the debate 2018, he said he said Pennsylvania should go full Colorado. The listening tour so far has been uniformly civil and thoughtful, and has attracted supporters and de detractors. Though rule call course at the end of of each session have indicated more yays than nays. His role is only as moderator, and he said there is no there is no guided discovery. This is the first step in the process towards legal weed. He said, is to engage in good faith listening effort to listen. So he's been profession he's been personally inviting every local member of the legislature to each of his stops. Quote, it's no secret that we need our friends on the other side of the aisle to move forward. And if you want to move for 
quote, if we want to move forward, Mr. Fetterman said. So far, the discussion hasn't been polarized in a teacher's Chong versus Reefer Madness matter, <clears throat> Mr. Fetterman quipped. And detractors have almost always brought up valid concerns. <clears throat> but if the issue comes up in the legislature, though likely not soon, revenue would surely be an important factor. Pennsylvania Auditor General Eugene D. Pasquale has spoken in favor of legalization since early 2017, claiming the state could generate more than $580 million a year, putting a 35% tax on marijuana sold in the state-sanctioned retail stores. But law enforcement officials, of course, who likely play a key role in any legalization battle, view it as an issue of public health and safety and not a matter of revenue. They, they enforce laws, they don't make them. I'm going to emphasize that. Cops are supposedly supposed to enforce laws. They're not supposed to make them. Let's never forget that fact. When these lawmakers, when these cops are saying that they are against it. That's none of their concern. Let me finish. The Pennsylvania District Attorneys Association, which opposes legalization, recently tweeted out a column by Republican State Sen. Scott Martin, the chair of the Senate Local Government Committee, who wrote that legalizing would take a, quote, oh man, this sounds like what, what the uh, mayor of uh, Boston has said when he calls marijuana use or cautions about the human toll of marijuana use but the same state senator in pennsylvania is, is saying the same stuff he wrote who wrote that legalizing would take a human toll in pennsylvania citing health risks including the potential leak between marijuana use and increased risk for domestic violence again pulling pulling it from the department of his own rear arse that's what that's where he's pulling that those numbers from and those statistics or those trends from because those are non-existent quote we should never be willing to sell out lives in exchange for new tax dollars mr martin wrote bless his heart mr fetterman's listening tour has stopped in I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, so forgive me, Pennsylvania listeners. Allegheny County yet, but he he will be in Greensburg from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Monday at Greensburg Garden and Civic Center. From 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, it will stop by Fayette County at Penn State University's branch campus in Lamont Furnace. And the, art, the author... Or the person that can be contacted is J. Routh at Post Gazette 412-412-263-1952 and his Twitter is Julian Routh. And that's the end of the article. Um, I don't really have too much I need to add because I said I, I made commentary throughout the um throughout the reading of the article. So I'm just going to sort of wrap up the episode. We're closing 30 minutes, so I don't want to drag on too long for this particular episode. So as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends.